Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome into another edition of the Nick Bob podcast. Appreciate you downloading and taking a listen. We got a bunch of good stuff. Uh, today because we got Matt Schick coming up. But before we get to all of that, a couple of things I want to uh, throw at you because I'm pumped for what we got cooking for this next podcast coming up uh, over the weekend. So because Nebraska football has a bye week and we got no game to recap, I was talking to Bo and we threw this around. Uh, we've, we've really thrown around a bunch when we've ever talked about uh, plans for the podcast. We, we wanted to have some fun. So this weekend, Bo Rudin and I will record a mailbag podcast. And during this mailbag podcast, we're going to drink a bottle of wine while the pod's going on. That's the plan. Should be a blast. Will be a blast. Uh, We're going to open the bottle of wine live on the pod. And the pod's not finished until the bottle of wine is completely gone. If you listen to us stone cold sober, you know we get kind of crazy. If we get just even eensy, weensy, teensy, little bit tipsy, may God help us all. Bo's already hit me up saying, oh, do, do you think one bottle's enough? Do we need to do two? I'm like, man, we need to just start with one bottle of wine and make sure we, we survive that without going too ballistic on this thing. So that is the plan. But for this whole thing to come together, man, we need your help with this. All right. Email your mailbag questions for us to Nick at nickbaugh.com, nick at nickbaugh.com, N-I-C-K-B-A-H-E.com. You can hit me with your, your mailbag questions there, or you can hit me on Twitter, at Nick Baugh, even on Facebook. And listen, these questions, they can be serious, they can be silly, they can be hard-hitting sports questions, Husk football, whatever, or they can be silly hypotheticals. It's all welcome. It, it doesn't matter. You know, that's the beauty of podcasts, man. We got no rules, we got no parameters, we got no guidelines. I mean, we're drinking a freaking bottle of wine while we're going to be doing this. So everything is fair game. Any question you got, make sure you email me. All right. Nick at nickbod.com. Or you can even hit me on the socials at nickbod for Twitter or on Facebook. We're going to try to get to as many questions as we can during the podcast. Uh, So make sure you get your questions in. This should be fun. Uh, So that's coming up on the next pod. But on this pod, the pod you're listening to right now, Speaking of fun, my guy, my radio soulmate, Matt Schick, ESPN. He's uh, the very special guest of the day. He's been obviously busy doing his college football duties with hosting college game day on the radio side of things. And of course, he's always super busy with his four kids. And uh, we haven't talked to him since August before the Nebraska season kicked off. So I figured with the bye week, let's reconnect with Schick. I want to get his thoughts on what he's seen from Nebraska through the first seven games of the season, because it's been an interesting start to the Husker year. And he's, he's such a good guy to talk to because he, he understands the local angle of things and the national angle of things for Nebraska. He was in Kearney doing TV. He was in Omaha with KTV and then obviously doing radio with your boy. So he understands what things are like here for the Nebraska program inside the state borders. And if you're a Husker fan, he gets it. He knows the climate, the culture, all that. But then he also, 
can speak to and understand the national side of things because of what he does with ESPN. So he is the perfect guy to talk to. He had a couple of stats on Nebraska football, in particular their run game, that were really, really interesting. So make sure you uh, you keep it locked for Mr. Schick and when we get into the Nebraska football topic of things. And, of course, whenever we have Schick on, you know we're going to get some, uh, some, some giggles in and some laughs in. When I caught up with Schick, so we, we did this via Skype so we could see each other. Yes, that's how much we are radio soulmates and love each other. We got to see each other when, when we're doing this. Uh, when, when I caught up with Schick, he had just left the gym. So we kind of pick up things there in this conversation. And we pick things up with a gym story from me. So without further ado, here is my chat with Matt Schick of ESPN. Enjoy. Kim and I joined a gym a couple years ago, and they had like a daycare in it. And we drop off Maeve, and within 25 minutes over the loudspeaker, it's like, well, Nick and Kim Bahi come report to the daycare. <laughs> Maeve had lost her mind, and it was like, hey, all right, not going to do that anymore. It's going well. That's yeah. going really well. You're doing it. You're a, remember, remember back in the day, you were a Matt Schick, P90X dropout. <laughs> have, you, have you re-enrolled right. P90X, or are you still dropping? You know, when I uh, – it was probably three or four years ago, I did P90X for like – 90 days and got got the results I wanted and graduated and and that was it. Um, and now you're in debt for the rest of your life. Pretty now I'm in debt. Yep, yeah, that was that was a wet, money well spent. Money well spent. Oh, God help us. How all. you doing, man? I'm good. It's, good to, good I, it's been way too you. long. See you. I know it's been way too long. Yeah. I had gotten I'd gotten into the routine of at least talking to you once a week. And it's been what a little over a month, and I was like, I I can't do this anymore. I cannot. Take no, it. I can't take we it. We gotta gonna have to do some once a week something. something. I don't know what we're what, gonna do. What here. would you do? What would that? I don't even know. Now you're talking crazy. Like, what could we do that would be? We're I think it's imp- I think it's impossible. Yeah. I think uh, technology says it's impossible. I think you and I will just talk on the phone, <laughs> <laughs> private privately. <laughs> Well, keep thinking if you if you find a way for us to talk once a week and, you know, I don't know. Here's the crazy thought a lot. Maybe other people could, like, listen to it if they were interested in that. I That's just – I don't know if they are. Well, yeah, we'd have, to, we'd have to kind of do some research on that and see if anyone would be interested in listening to that. Um, you know, maybe these – these downloads from this episode, if we crack maybe 10K, maybe it's something we talk about. Oh, okay. Just it. We we are trying to we are trying to get to 10K, and then we'll think <laughs> about researching what this could actually look like. You know. <laughs> By the way, I hear that you. So you and Mike Gundy have never had more in common than you do right now. That's uh, that happened the other day, huh? Yeah. Over the Mike I, Hill. Uh, let the uh, let the hair grow out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I turned 40, I turned 40 wow. on Friday and it was one of those moments where you go, wow, I'm like, I hope I'm not halfway to death, but I could be, <laughs> um, you know, you start thinking about when your parents were 40 Yes, and you go, well, gosh, they were, they were this, they, I was this age when they were doing that and they looked old, they felt old. <laughs> And now I'm, this is like the reverse mirror. Now I'm, now I'm there. Um, it is, yeah, it was, it, but it went by, didn't really anything special. We had some hamburger helper that night and that was about it. You didn't um, cry? There were no tears shed? I didn't cry. 
didn't get my crying game right. I, I, uh, I actually flew. I spent my birthday night on a plane headed to Connecticut uh, for the radio yeah. stuff on Saturday. So I didn't really. It wasn't really anything special. Yeah. Um, but I turned forty, and you know, it was. You know, now, of, now I'm in my 41st year. In my 41st year, <laughs> I got a bunch of things I I wrote down. I want to talk to. So I wanted to talk about turning 40, and then uh, did you get a puppy? Did did the chicks get a puppy? <sighs> yeah. So oh no, I, no. It, look, By the way, R.I.P. Steve, right? Oh yeah, R.I.P. Steve. Like this is like the fourth anniversary of R.I.P. Steve. <laughs> third or third or fourth anniversary um steve is steve went to the eternal kennel and i'm not sure how much running around he'll be doing but he can annoy somebody else kettle up um, steve kettle up <laughs> kettle. steve kettle how many steve. times is how many times is saint peter yelling kennel to steve that's really the question. He's um, up with Beethoven and all the other Lassie and yeah. Shadow exactly and Chance right. from Homeward Bound. They're all just running yeah. around together in doggy heaven. You know, even you know, even Benji can't set a good example for that dog. So. <laughs> okay, but you got a P-U-P-P-Y. Okay, what? We give got me the a, name. A, yeah. So. So I was in Connecticut one weekend, um, and I got a text from my wife Kelly saying with a picture of a dog, like they had just gone to some rescue uh, event, like an animal rescue event, an adoption thing. And it's like, okay, you you don't walk onto the dealership floor unless you're ready to buy a car. (laughs) 100%. Except the difference is we hadn't really talked about it. And Uh so she sends me this picture and I'm like, look, I don't, I don't know who this dog is. I don't know the father. I don't know if there's a criminal history in the family's background. Like this is a rescue dog rescued from what? Right. We need to, we need to know some things. And, and so we wound up seeing that dog when I got back and even the breeder was like, yeah, I don't know if this one's good for young kids. I'm like, good, good. This This is is good. We almost, almost pulled the trigger on us. Um, and so then about a week later, they went to another, she went to another uh, deal, saw some puppies. Oh, what is Kelly doing? He's hijacking our family. Yeah, That's clearly. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got home and there was the puppy there and I knew we were going to get one. And I was like, eh. and it took me a few days to kind of get accustomed to it because yeah. I'm, you know, I, I do have dog allergies, but um, <laughs> she didn't care. And it, <laughs> no. Uh, you know, things seem to be going well. The name was the, Jim the, Kelly. The, re- the name <laughs> we've named him Thurman. No, um, <laughs> no, but the uh, the breeder named all these dogs that she had, or all the puppy rescue dogs, named after um, just to keep track of them, named after old uh, legendary musicians. Nice. So you had like you know, Buddy Holly and okay. these things. Well, this one's name was Dizzy Gillespie, like a you know, yeah. old musician, Dizzy. So they wanted to name it Dizzy. I said, look, I'm not like, let's come up with a different name, Dizzy. So I came up with, first I came up with Chewy because our kids are in Star Wars heaven. <laughs> and I was like, th- then I was doing some Google game and was like, well, that's really common. That's like naming a kid Emma or Grace right now. So we're not going to. You could you could go to a dog park called Chewy and have twenty seven dogs <laughs> talk to you. 
so, didn't know that. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so so we went with Obi. Um, oh, yeah. Obi. And it feels, it just feels right. So it's Obi. And today, he, you know, we're about 10 weeks old. And today, it was raining outside. I'm the only one home right now. And uh, didn't it didn't want to go out, but it was whining. I'm like, well, you don't want to go out? That's fine. So I go, and I'm doing some other stuff. And then I can't find him. He's upstairs, pooped in our loft. On John the, on the, John on the, his pants upstairs. John pooped his pants right up in the loft. So, um, yeah, you know, it, Obi's Obi's fine. Uh, Obi Obi want to oh. go poop. And um, <laughs> well, I mean, how about the fact that you got a Obi and I got a Kobe? I mean, together, Obi <laughs> oh, and Kobe could, I didn't even think about could that. just I run didn't... the streets doing things and pooping places. It'd be great. Obi and Kobe. We've joked that, you know, when he turns one, when someone asks you, how old's Obi? And you say, Obi won. <laughs> well, that'll be a great year. You got That's right. You got that? To look that's the to. only reason we did it. And then that's once he turns two, it. he's out of here. Yeah, yeah. you're out of so. here, Obi. So you're, but are, are your kids just like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over Obi? Are they just obsessed? Yeah. Them? Yeah. Not necessarily with cleaning up after him or yeah, the things right. that require work. <laughs> and in fact, a couple of our kids, when he's running around, they think he's going to bite, which he does bite. He's a puppy. Yeah. Um, so we, we got, you know, some issues we got to sort out. I just said, look, we, now we have five, right. five living things that don't listen to us. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why we decided to do this, but. We wanted more crazy in our house, and we have it. I couldn't go. I, Kim and I went to the animal shelter. Maybe a, you know, maybe this is five, six, seven years ago, or whatever. And we went to like walk, just walk the kennel area, and we got two steps in, and we turned to each other and said, "We got to turn around." Like it was too hard. That's why I don't. I mean, Kelly, not once but twice to go to some sort of rescue puppy event. Like you, I, I don't know how you go to those things and and leave empty-handed be hard to yeah. do yeah yeah it's not yeah not hard for me but i wasn't yeah, there and so allergies, i did yeah <laughs> yeah they would have had allergies had i said no right i have allergies allergies would have permanent. permeated throughout yeah. the shit household one way or another is what you're trying to tell me right now <laughs> yes and um you know we're here it's fine yeah the dog's fine um you know, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We'll be all right. What? Okay, so other than turning 40 and getting a puppy, I mean, what? anything else going on in your world? Are you just immersed in Colegio football? At the- yeah, just uh, doing a little doing a little uh, college game day uh, on Saturdays, doing some serious XM right now, trying to sprinkle in a little college football live whenever the phone rings. And, and you know, life is – Life is good. Life is busy. And then college basketball is going to start. And then hopefully going to be exactly. mixing in some play-by-play and traveling the globe, if yeah. not the southeastern portion of the country. And, <laughs> and so I did enjoy you know, the other day listening to uh, Sirius XM Channel 372, Big Ten. You did a, a segment called, uh, you know, are, they, are, are They Going Bowling? And I just, the simple sound effect of asking whether or not a team was going to make a bowl <laughs> And if you said yes, they bowled and the pins went everywhere. I was driving around tickled, just so you know. I don't. It's just so simple, but just so good. I enjoyed it. Well, it's like, hey, let's do a bowling segment, guys. Do you have any gutter balls, or do you have any? Do you have any sound effects? And I can't. I don't have them at my disposal. I can't hit the buttons. Yeah. So you're just relying on other people to kind of do the dirty work, and and it got dirty, and it, it did. You know, it, it it worked. You know, it worked. It I enjoyed fun. it. I enjoyed it. I appreciate you listening yeah. to that show. Three to six Eastern, two to five Central, three seventy two. 
Oh, goodness. I mean, do we what I got? I, I, I have a lot of Nebraska football things. Oh, my gosh. Off you because you and I were sitting here, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever the heck it is now. And we were talking about Nebraska this and Nebraska that. And it's not quite looked like that. I mean, do you want to do you want to go there right now? That's fine. I mean, we could do that, or you can start somewhere else and come back to it, or you can go Nebraska and then go somewhere else after that. I mean, this is your this is your record setting podcast. It's not mine. I'm not. You. Uh, you're directing this. Move thing. over, you're Ryan like, Rosillo. Move over, Joe Rogan. Move over, Bill Simmons, and make way for me. <laughs> move over, Stanford Steve and the Bear. It's time. Move over, everybody, because I am here and I have Nebraska football to talk about. All right. <laughs> I got a heck of a podcast. chat about, about it. Your podcast been going well though. I got yeah. to your when you did the boat. I, I, you know, I don't get to listen like right away. I'm not like, oh, I can't. You know, like You're I not can chomping function. at the bit for it to. Yeah, get I mean, released. I can How function you, but, okay. without it. Yeah. But then when I'm like, oh, what should I listen to? Boom, Nick Ba. I need to listen to a little Nick Ba. <laughs> so I'm on the plane home from Connecticut. Um, and I'm in transit on the plane. I'm like, well, I'm flying this Frontier Airlines because I need to get home, and there's no Wi-Fi, yeah. so I can't watch any football. So I'm going to listen to the Ohio State recap. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and listened to the Ohio State recap, and this is right before the Minnesota game is about to kick off. Yeah. And your Greg Sharp impression, I the – I was mad and happy at the same time as we used to say. I was happy because it made me laugh and I had to like turn to the window because no one like you're listening to your earbuds and someone watches you convulse like okay right, this right. guy's either having a seizure or, or something um but and I was mad because you never did this on our I didn't show. know I could do and I don't know if you've ever done an impression like I don't even know if I could find it again like it just the stars aligned I went into it it all started because I wanted to relay the fact that when Greg Sharp says the word barbecue, <laughs> I, I don't know. For some reason, I instantly drool. Like when he talk, oh. when he says barbecue, I just I can't do it. I can't I can't do it, chick. But he is just he he is uh, he's fantastic. I've been able to listen to great. a lot of a lot of his calls. He is he's fantastic. There's no question. I mean, about you, that. I mean, you know, I mentioned it here, and you're not going to give us a little bit. Uh, of okay, it let me try and fight it. <laughs> let, me try try and find, let me try and find it. You just got to get down range. here. It's a, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown to Nebraska. And Nebraska's going to win the football game. <laughs> and then the, the sponsorships that you had for every every second down. The second down of six brought to you by Sap Brothers. Snapback Martinez brought to you by Runja. Pass out to the flat. Wandale Robinson brought to you by Dorothy Lynch. And it's balls out. Balls out. It's a fumble. Nebraska is going to win a football game. <laughs> I mean, that's one, oh. one of the best things that you've ever done. Everything is sponsored. I feel for him. I mean, this pregame conversations with Scott Frost, or look, you were head coach Scott Frost. Scott, feel good about the game today? And he's like, I feel pretty good. Nebraska soybean board. But then they go to commercial, and it's like, what? I wonder how they. I wonder how they. Do you think? Frost sits through the advert like because it sounds oh, like yeah. he's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Frost is just probably staring at Greg Sharp like, dude, seriously. How about how about having to read about the Nebraska do the Nebraska soybean board read after Nebraska lost a tough one under Bo Bellini? 
I don't even know what the soybean board is. I don't even know what the soybeans are. Oh God, I just feel so good. I feel I'm for so him, glad man. You did that. I feel I feel for him. I didn't I didn't know I had a good, but his. But the whole point oh. was the reason I brought it up is when that guy says barbecue, I am just I want barbecue back. <laughs> I think Greg. I honestly, I mean, like Greg should like go to Famous Dave's and just walk into Famous Dave's or any sort of national barbecue chain and just like say barbecue and these people would be like oh my god we found just say it over the loudspeaker barbecue, barbecue. people are like i want more barbecue and not my plate <laughs> i need more barbecue and i need it now brought to you by sap brothers <laughs> i need more barbecue and i need it now the ball's out and the brass is gonna win the football game and the brass i think that's what greg does when he gets ready to when he's like tying his tie before the before the game he's like all right greg here we go and the brass is going to win a football. <laughs> Snap back. And the brass is going to win a football game. And the brass is. <clears throat> Test one, two, oh, three, four. Man. And the brass is going to win a football game. That would have filled like two and a half hours <laughs> of one of our three hour shows. Uh-huh. You just do it. And then it's. Huge, huge barbecue kit. Huge slab of ribs. Huge. <laughs> I have no idea what Markel Dismuke saw in that play. <laughs> Markel Dismuke. I, I have no clue what J.D. Spielman was doing. I just, uh, Matt, he, he wears the emotions on the, the sleeve. It's oh, great listening to that guy call a game. There would be... We'd have a lot of off-color commentary. Oh man, going on because of what we've seen so far. I mean, it was it, it is uh, pre- pretty pretty amazing what's been what's been happening. Okay, we need to. Okay, so what I wanted to do because I I went the lazy route with you for years, and I would just kind of be like, all right, man. So what do you think? And then I would kick back if I had a recliner, I'd just recline my legs up, and then I let you kind of do your thing. But I wrote down a bunch of the most surprising things thus far. And I want to go like one by one and I want you to react. All right. Does that sound good? All right. All right. I mean, obviously we, cause we talked, the ingredients were there for a season that could be pretty good. Right. I mean, they improved at the end of last year. Quarterback was talented. Frost has a track record of improvement, all those things. And, and I know they at the end of the day they do have four wins right now, but man, the eye test and the losses have been a little bit unsettling for some people. So here we go. Most surprising thing number one, the re- and I'm just going to go broad with it: the regression of the offense. Like mm-hmm. nobody on offense individually has really improved. The collective unit has taken a step back. Martinez, how he's kind of looked and performed has been pretty crazy. And some of it could be what's around him, his line, his receivers, whatever. But I it. From the moment he took the field on the first snap against South Alabama, he's looked a little bit different. But I think the the first thing I wrote down was the regression of the offense. Yeah, and uh, that that is probably the most surprising thing. I think you know a lazy person can watch the the Minnesota game and and say, "Gosh, you know they just can't stop them." Well, you know that that's part of it. Um, but you know Nebraska. In terms of time of possession, I think they're 112th in time of possession in the FBS. So you're playing quick. You can't get first downs. You can't move the ball. Um, they're not playing lightning fast, but they're just not. They're not sustaining drives. No. And so um, that that to me, look, we, 
when, when I was watching the Minnesota game, and I know Martinez isn't in there, but the offense didn't look a heck of a lot different. Um, it, it wasn't anything jarring. Like, oh, if, if Martinez was in here, this would be a completely different game. You just don't – you just didn't feel that way. Um, but I was I, – I asked our, our folks over at ESPN, like, hey, can you give me some nuggets on Nebraska and just their their offense? Because what it feels to me is like there's no – there's no downfield passing game. None. Right? So you you don't have a downfield passing game. So when you do that, it almost feels like you're playing in the in the red zone all the time. Mm. Right? Like you're playing inside the 20, the 15, the 10. Things are shrinking. And it's so hard to play in that area because you don't have to respect the deep ball. And so everything gets a little contained and compressed and I just feel like that's Nebraska's offense all the time it's a good way to put it um and and so I was like give me some passing numbers because I don't feel like there's really good downfield passing or anything that other teams really need to respect right now first of all they have seven passing touchdowns this season that's 101st in the FBS uh, 12th in the Big Ten only ahead of Northwestern and Rutgers they are 72nd in pass attempts of 20 or more yards down the field. Okay, 72nd in the FBS. Um, they've now they've also allowed the 14th most sacks yep. and the 10th most quarterback hits in all of the FBS. So 19 sacks, 121 quarterback hits. Combine that with not being able to run the football. They're 22nd in the FBS in rushes per game but are 74th in yards per rush. And that 4.3 yards per rush is 38th out of 65 Power 5 schools. So there's a lot of different things where the stats just don't they, – they explain exactly what you're seeing right. out there. And I, you see an offensive line that's just a little discombobulated. The bad snaps, I think, can lead to a myriad of other problems that they've had. Um, and it can get into a quarterback's head – when a quarterback is thinking about protection or the snap or different things like that, as he's trying to scan and, and think about other different things and go through reads, I just think those things are issues. I know you've talked about Stanley Morgan not being there. That's certainly an issue. Um, the the Maurice Washington performance has been puzzling mm-hmm. so far this season. And so you, you put it all together and you say this just is there's a lot of decent pieces here and you feel like there should be good offensive weapons but the collection just isn't there. And I think a downfield passing game is hurting them. And, and certainly questions on the offensive line have just been a, a huge problem. Then the defense can't get off the field. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, so there's, there's a, it's just incredible. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, and I, I talked about this after the, <clears throat> after the Minnesota game, it felt like the, the Minnesota game was the first game that the defense just kind of, they had had to have held up so so much this year that it was the first kind of clunker that they had and they're getting no help and it's just it's hard and it wears on you mentally and there's a ton of pressure on you when you're just getting no help from your defense or from your offense and that's kind of what I thought was a part of what led to the the big breakdown from the D against Minnesota the other night too look at look at look at what Michigan State is going through right now um, Michigan State's offense can't do a lick, and they've got an elite level defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you go back to the Ohio State game. You know, they 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 were able to the Michigan State defense was able to hold Ohio State in check for the better part of that first quarter. But the offense, a couple of fumbles, you know, missing wide open receivers, and 
at some point the defense is just the defense is just going to break. But in terms of the run game, there's one other number that I thought was really startling, and that is the Nebraska's running the ball a lot, but they have 80 rushes for zero or negative yards. Mm. Okay, yeah, that is tied with San Diego State for the most in the FBS. Wow. Okay? So, and I don't believe those factor in sacks. I could be wrong in that. I asked, but either way, stuff, e- but either, either way, way, it doesn't matter. I mean, the fact is, you're tied for the most rushing rushes of zero or negative yards in the entire FBS. Wow. And if and if Nebraska football is going to have that stat, you are not going to be successful oh. at all. Now, San Diego State, different offense, different league. They're actually off to a pretty good start, but. You can't excuse this, and wow. so yeah. that that to me is the most uh, out of everything is the most jarring that wow. would make a Nebraska fan go, yeah, the days of the pipeline are are long gone, and we can recruit all these skill position guys all we want, but if you're not going to be good in the in the offensive line and the defensive front, this program is going to be limited, okay. and and I think that's what you're seeing. First thing, shouts out to ESPN Stats and Info in the research department because they done did it with that one. That's fantastic. <laughs> and then there was a good line on Big Red Overreaction the other day. I was listening on uh, after the Minnesota game, and the guy said, you know, there's a cliche of offense wins games, defense wins championships. He was like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think it's more offense wins games, trenches win championships. And to your point, uh, and, until Nebraska gets that right, there are not going to be any banners hung up there. And then this is a other thing I wrote down. We don't have to get into this too long, but just – because uh, I, I tried to frame it on th- ways that, like, if you would have told this to yourself in August, how stunned you would be. Just the notion, and Dirk wrote about this a little bit, the notion that if you took last year's team at the end of the year and they played this year's team, I think last year's team at the end of the year would win by 10 points or more. And mm-hmm. that is something that is just not what people are expecting to say out loud at all. How much of that? How much of that is a mental deal? Where, you know, sometimes it's easier to play when you're zero and six. Yeah, right. 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 There are no consequences. I mean, in a weird way, the zero and six start freed those guys up to just go play because it didn't matter. It it really didn't matter in all reality. No, I mean, you you start zero and six. You know, you you go to Ohio State. Ohio State's like, who's this team? We don't really need to. I mean. Ohio State has, under Urban Meyer in the past, was always good at gearing up when they're the underdog or rivalry games and all that stuff, but they would drop a game like an Iowa or Purdue. Why? Likely because you don't have that edge. Well, maybe they didn't have that against Nebraska, but you can start questioning a lot of things you saw last year and go, okay, how much of it was just the other team not respecting what Nebraska was doing combined with Nebraska having that, we got nothing to lose here because we've already lost all these games. Yes. So So let's just go. And they were, and they did that. And then you enter this game again, Stanley Morgan, some other pieces that they lost. But you enter the season with the weight of expectation um, and a head coach that has already established that they expect to compete in year two, um, and he never shied away from that. That um, you know that I, I just wonder how much of the fourth quarter against Colorado is lingering with this team. I just I wonder that. I know Northern Illinois and that was fine. You get that road win against Illinois, but you you combine what happened in the fourth quarter against Colorado with the absolute beatdown that felt so much like SC and Nebraska back in the day. 
in Lincoln yeah. that you just th- this is going to be a tough it's a tough coaching job for Scott Frost the rest of the year to, to hold it together keep this team believing when they already know that they are nowhere near a conference championship. And, see, and you just said something that I think is interesting. I think one of the things that this staff probably didn't think they'd have to deal with is all of a sudden they have to deal with buy-in and confidence potentially again. Where, because think about it again, a lot of these guys, a lot of these returning guys, have had a ton of different coaches walk through the door, claim they have the answers, claim you do it this way, you're going to have success, and all of a sudden, 19 games into this thing, it kind of feels like it's more the same. And so I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first time that some of these players are maybe questioning coaching a little bit, and some of them are going, "Man, I, it doesn't make a, it doesn't matter who's here. We're going to lose and get blown out and not win a championship." And that's I, I I felt like going into the year like it was like buy in check. Everyone's good. Everyone's done with that. But I don't know. Maybe maybe that stuff is creeping back up again. Yeah, maybe maybe there's there was more put on their plate this year because it's year two, and then you know you just start trying to trying to connect dots. Um, the the most the most startling thing about uh, watching that Minnesota game is just how much Nebraska was just moved, mm-hmm. right? Like we just moved like that one touchdown from one of Minnesota's running backs around the around the right edge, just a moving of men. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and that was. Um, and, and without even their 400-pound offensive lineman in there in Lele, I mean that was, you know, we don't have our largest offensive line, and we're still we're still having the edge. I just think there's a, I, I just wonder how good, you know, the off week will be to just kind of re- reassess, get away from the game, get away from each other, and 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 see what happens down the line. But this has turned into, I joke with someone like, hey, nine and three still in play, um, but. <laughs> But it, it it went from, and I said before the season, this was the floor was eight and four, the the ceilings ten and two, the ceiling obviously right now seems to be eight and four, oh, yeah. um, at this point, and and that it, you know, if they can somehow get to that number, it would be, it would be an accomplishment. But um, I think the bar of expectation, people like me and others, um, feeling like. This this could be a special year. You feel like the schedule lined up. I think the other things factoring into it. I don't think we expected Wisconsin to be as good as we did, and shame on us right. for not for not believing that because they've been good every year. Last year, you know, lose to BYU, and then we turned the page on them. Um, and then you know we didn't expect Ohio State to be the possibly the best team in the country right. six, seven games in. So there's a lot of factors leading into it. Next thing that has surprised me, and maybe this is on me, but just the fact that in a few games, it's kind of looked like it's always looked. First half, Illinois, Ohio State, at Minnesota. Heck, you could even throw in the latter stages of the third and fourth quarter at Colorado, where it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of looked like it did with Riley at times. And – I really thought that would be eradicated. Like, that's not to say that I thought Nebraska was going to go undefeated. I didn't even pick them to win the West. But what I thought would potentially go away were the blowouts, the sloppiness, the the lack of, uh, of fight would be few and far between. And again, maybe some of that is on me and having an unrealistic expectation. But I just didn't expect for a handful of games to go, man, if, you, if I didn't know any better, if you would have told me that I was watching a – 
a Bill Callahan team, a Bo Pelini team, or a Mike Riley team, or a Scott Frost, I wouldn't be able to necessarily tell, and that is surprising to me. And I think what this has, and you're right, um, it looks familiar. Um, it looks like the same old team. It looks like the last six games of last year were the aberration, or at least how hard they were playing and, and being in games. Um, but then, you know, my, my biggest takeaway from it Saturday as we, as we kind of parse through the, the certain position groups and all this was it's a tough job and it's a year two. And, and I think we have tried to microwave how quickly coaches can turn it around when Scott Frost has publicly said that he was surprised at the lack of strength and conditioning on the team, mm-hmm. right? The, the lack of not necessarily fundamentals, but just hard work. They didn't know how hard you had to work. And so what you're doing is taking upperclassmen and trying to change their, their frame of reference and how hard they work. And maybe, you know, second part of last year, it, it kind of clicked. You're kind of starting over again. And, and, and maybe in some ways, year two, in some ways, like they talk about in college basketball, year two is sometimes year one, depending on what you inherited and, and what you're looking at. And maybe that's the case here. Look, you can find year two head coaches that are floundering um, and some that are really succeeding. Dan Mullen has this team in year two off the charts. They look like a college football playoff contender. Um, Matt Rule inherited a disaster yeah. at Baylor. And now they're they're still unbeaten. They're playing hard. He's he, you know he seems to know what he's doing, and they have a chance to play in the Big Twelve championship game. But then you look at a Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Big issues there at Tennessee. He uh, that's kind of analogous to what happened at Nebraska. Just a, just an absolute train wreck. Um, Chip Kelly. And then you could Chip Chip Kelly. You could look there. You could look at Jimbo Fisher, yeah. a guy who's who's recruited really well. Um, and they recruited well before he got there, but they're not there yet. They're not, they're not top 10 caliber. They were top 25 last week just because of their name brand and who their head coach is and their recruiting efforts, not because of any big games that they'd won. But then you look at Mario Cristobal year two, that looks like a team that can make the college football playoff. So it's really, it's, it's hard to paint a, a broad brush with everything, but it's just different where you are in year two. And I think what Scott Frost is realizing probably is that this is a much heavier lift than he anticipated, and he might be a good coach, and he might be surrounded by good coaches, but this is going to take three to four to five years to really start to assess right. exactly what Totally agree. And, th- and that's that kind of leads into that, like if I were on the radio today, I would have, this would have been my, my opening take would have had an analogy with it, like always. And this is, <laughs> this is how, you know when you, or now that we all order things, Amazon Prime or FedEx stuff or whatever, you now you have the feature where you can track your package, right? You can click on it, you track your package, and it's nice to kind of keep tabs on where it's going. You know where the final destination ultimately is going to be, but it's nice. It's like, oh, okay, it's in Charlotte. Now it's in Wichita. All right, now it's here. All that stuff. You know it's coming, but you still like to see it getting closer. Even if you know it's not going to arrive in another week, you still kind of like to check on it. Where's it at? And I think one of the things that is so hard about this year for Husker fans is when they track this Nebraska package on its final destination of becoming a championship team again, 
so far this season, the package has either stayed in the same spot or for whatever reason, it went back to the shipping station and you're like, what the heck is happening? And you, again, I still think there's a lot of people that believe that ultimately that package is going to arrive at Memorial Stadium and there's going to be good times and championships won. But it's just disheartening when you track that package and you don't feel like it's really moved. Maybe the best way to uh, comfort Husker fans with your package analogy is that it's like you ordered something um, and it's coming in from Las Vegas and it's coming. You know it's coming. And you just last saw it tracked in Detroit and then Chicago. But for some reason, it went back to Utah. And like, like hold on a second. Hold on a second. It's tracking here, but it went back there. It must have just been either miscommunication or it's, but you know that it's on the way. It just might involve steps backward to get where you're going to go. And maybe that's, maybe that's the case. I think the issue is that there's so much PTSD in the fan base that when Scott Frost is hired, it's, Look, if he can't do it, nobody can, mm-hmm. and he's the hot shot coach, and boom, I know he's going to get it done. Now the doubt, there's a little bit of doubt that creeps in of, we said if he can't get it done, nobody can, and right now I'm not seeing the signs that I had hoped, so what does this mean for us long term? And then you start to really take 10 steps ahead. What if this package never gets here? What if I have to reorder? Right. And and then we're in big trouble, and it's going to be late for the birthday party. So I... Um, I, 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 I'm with you. I think there's, you just want to see more progress, but you're, you're still in the infant stages of this. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason Mike Riley was hired or fired. And there's a reason that Bill Callahan was fired. And there's a reason Bo Pelini was fired. It just wasn't going the right way. And especially with Riley. And I think that this is like the wake up call of, Things were really bad, and then in year three we can start blaming Scott Frost. But but <laughs> yeah. but right now, right, yeah, right it, now let's just continue to support and let's just that's let's it. just it, hope that we can get to a bowl game. Doesn't it feel like because I said this on the on the pod with Bo too? Like it almost feels like ten to fifteen years of issues for Nebraska football have all cut up to Nebraska now, where. My other analogy was like we all have maybe that friend or whatever that's like a heavy drinker and a heavy smoker and and they you know they they live rough and they live rough and then all of a sudden, sorry Matt, they turn forty or something like that and all of a sudden they have all these health issues and they go well what the heck well it's like it's not just what's happening now it's how you what all happened letting up leading up to this point and so there is an element of you wonder if all of their issues they've been able to kind of patchwork it with duct tape and all this stuff for years and all of a sudden now. All of it's coming to a head to a certain extent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any any question about that. And the the problem is going to be how long does that become an excuse, right? How, yeah. how long can you continue to to blame the past? And the luxury Scott Frost has is that he's not an outsider. Um, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. And he's going to get the internal support and external support as he should, because what other choice do you have at right. this point as as a Nebraska fan or a booster? Um, and so. Yeah, it's there were a lot of of things and a lot of changes, changing schemes, coaches, conferences, so many different things where, you know, Scott Frost shows up and the program's uh, unrecognizable Mm -hmm. in so many different ways 
that you know you almost have to reinvent the program a little bit and um and that's why we talked about you know when he was hired like his window of opportunity for recruiting is right now it was right when he was hired and it's probably got another shelf life of another year or so before if they don't start showing progress then it's like okay what am i committing to and all those types of things so um he's still got you know yeah. Plenty of time, and I think you start hitting the panic button in 2021. Yeah, I, okay. I know you probably got to run in a second here. Well, last thing on Nebraska, and then a few uh, big-picture college football stuff, and I'll let you run. Uh, you know, I'm sure you read Dirk's – I don't know if you read Dirk's story in the Omaha World-Herald where – I mean, first of all, it's interesting. One of the things I would write down as surprising is that people have actually gone there. There have been people that are willing to criticize Frost. I thought that would, like, never happen and take forever, but uh, Dirk's one of the first people to, to, to go there with it. Um, but I – you know, and, and Dirk's column started out with quotes from Scott Frost, where he said, year two is when it's going to take off around here, and taking off doesn't mean we're going to go undefeated, but we'll be really good and a uh, really good team in two years. We'll be competing for our side in year two. I don't know if we'll win it. Then it just goes up from there. Uh, went on to say, uh, we aren't that far away, and I know how much better we can get, all, all, so on and so forth. I wonder if Frost has maybe learned to be more mindful of what he says from the standpoint of, like, he's made some pretty bold claims. I just read a couple. He destroyed the previous coaches and previous cultures. Uh, all that stuff kind of just heaps unnecessary pressure and puts a target on you even more. And winning is hard enough, and rebuilding this Nebraska football program is hard enough. You don't need to add to it where it's like you don't need to – in, you don't need to get the fan base excited. Like, they're already excited. You don't need to necessarily go there. And so I wonder if there's there's a part of him that's maybe learning, because he still is a young coach, on like, uh, maybe I need to be more careful about what I say about my team or where this is going before it really gets there. Yeah, how do you how do you keep the fan base excited about what you're doing by also, attempt, also tempering expectations? And you do that by not saying as much. You don't have yeah. to be negative. You just don't say as much. Um, <clears throat> you can talk about how confident you are or different things that you're noticing. But there were things there were there were things that when he was first hired, and I remember saying it to you on your on your radio show was the one thing I didn't like was how talking about the culture and the past coaching staff and this like just reading into the what he was saying because it doesn't do you any good. Right. It doesn't do you any good. Those guys worked hard. It didn't work out. Everyone's got a family. It's just not. Just talk about what you're going to do, not about changing culture and all that. And in the preseason and even in the spring, I remember saying it's Scott Frost who said year two is when, you know, get us now because year two is when it's going to start. And so those quotes, and I hadn't read that story, are just a refresher of why people like me were so confident in this team. You saw signs of it. He said it. You come into the season and you go – well, let's go. Let's yeah. go. You you said it, and, you, and we all bought in, and, and you feel like you were going to get there. Yeah, I think what you learn is, um, look, thing, I don't want to say things have come easy for Scott because they haven't, but all he's been around is winning, mm-hmm. right? That's all he's been around. And, you know, with all the coaches that he's he's touched in the NFL, to Chip Kelly in Oregon and even Helfrich um, there at, in Eugene, and then UCF, it was a quick turnaround. So you come to Nebraska, look, I've got all this. I've got the fanfare. I've got everyone on our side, and I know what I'm doing. Let's feed into the excitement, and let's go, and we're going to get this turned around pretty quickly. And I think you're right. I think what you learn is it's it's better you know, when you 
when you win, when you lose, say little, when you win, say less, um, you know, just don't make as many promises or don't make as many, you want to be excited, but you also don't want to put yourself in a corner of, Hey, you said, you know, you promised just like we are with our kids sometimes. Hey, you said we could have cake tonight. (laughs) I know, but I didn't foresee you guys having cupcakes at lunch. Okay. (laughs) Things changed a little bit. The narrative changed. So I need to reset. I'm sorry. I did promise. I did set up you for failure or set your, uh, your hopes up high. And now I'm the bad guy, and I apologize. Uh, by the way, real quick, when when you guys got to Nebraska on the segment of are you know are they going to go bowling? Did you you said they're going to go bowling, right? I said they would, yeah. um, but I I was I was uh, I, I said you need to win two of the next three. The next two, shit. and now you need to win the next two because the, I said that before the Minnesota yes, game. The, these <laughs> next two weeks are huge. I mean, because if to me, if you win these next two games and you get to six wins. To me, go then not to steal a Dana Altman. Go swing away against Wisconsin and Maryland, and I, you know, just right. but just kind of go go swing away against those teams and see what happens. Okay, real quick. Uh, I mean, we're we're about halfway through the college football season. What's been the biggest story to you? Has there what has there been? If someone said biggest story college football twenty nineteen so far is what? How awesome the transfer quarterbacks have been, mm-hmm. and and how much we we don't like people transferring, but it has helped. Uh, the excitement of college football. If Jalen Hurts was still on the sideline behind Tua, or, or you know, or hadn't left, if Justin Fields was still waiting for Jake Fromm to to flutter away, um, you know, those. If Joe Burrow had never left Ohio State, those are the types of things that have made this season really exciting. And I think the two story, the, the biggest story for me, I think the best story was Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. And how well he's done and how he could get this team to the playoff and, and, and all those things. It's been awesome to watch him. Uh, took a little bit of a hiccup in the game against Texas. I think people are kind of not counting him as a Heisman favorite at this point because of you know some turnovers there against Texas. And maybe that was his last Heisman moment. And plus the defense for Oklahoma might be too good for him to put up, put <laughs> yeah, up these right. Kyler Murray numbers. You know, they couldn't stop anyone last year. So Murray had to put up 50 points a game. Um, that defense is really good. But – I think it's Joe Burrow and LSU and the fact that this LSU team is putting up 50 points a game. Unbelievable. And like this is a team that couldn't score against Alabama uh, last year. Um, they had that field goal kicking contest against Bama that led to the college football playoff. And now you go into this year going into that game going, I think LSU could outscore Alabama. And I don't. That, that to me, Joe Brady and what he's done with that offense to me has been the story so far. Um, Oregon's playing defense, Oklahoma's playing defense, and LSU is playing offense. To me, those are like Crazy, I, I tweeted it? it out on Saturday. I'm like, where are we? Like, what is? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I loved what, it. <laughs> what is? <laughs> I always think of you when I tweet out Charlie from Lost. Yeah, um, it resonates. But yeah, I think I think those are the biggest stories, and, and obviously Justin Fields at Ohio State. But I'm waiting for them to get challenged a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Michigan, real quick, I, I, you know that Wisconsin game, they got rocked. And listen, Wisconsin. Sometimes I think we need to like they might be one of the best teams. They might be a, one of the four best teams in the country. But Michigan, I mean, we felt like this was kind of the year for them. How surprised are you with what's happened with Michigan here? Really surprised. Really surprised. I, I picked them to. Uh, I think I had Georgia, LSU, uh, Clemson, and Michigan in the playoff preseason two sec teams with no bama that's looking real smart um but but um i'm surprised because 
you felt like all they needed to do was just get their offensive weapons involved and get Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins and Bell, these guys, just get them in space. And that's what they said. Let's go. Let's athletes in space. Let's get, let's make it happen. Shea Patterson to me has, has regressed. And I don't know if he's as good as we thought he is. It was, um, their, their regression on that side of the ball to me is almost as surprising as Nebraska's. Um, and I think there's, you're seeing some similarities there. You, you look just because you see the changing of, of coordinators at Oklahoma with Alex Grinch, it worked on the defensive side of the ball, Joe Brady at LSU. It worked on the offensive side of the ball. When you look at Michigan, Josh Gaddis, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a fit, mm-hmm. and and I, I think I think you got Jim Harbaugh wanting to do one thing and still fighting about the way he wants to do things. Maybe Gaddis wanting to do certain things, and I just don't know if it's going to work. That that looks like a you know best case scenario nine and three team where I thought it was worst case you know ten and two. So I'm I'm surprised there. Back to your Wisconsin thing, I I saw on Twitter. I think my my buddy Peter Burns put out, hey if. If, if Wisconsin was wearing Alabama or Ohio State jerseys, they'd be a top three team right now. Um, my counter to that is if if they were wearing those jerseys, they wouldn't have been preseason 19th. So that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can only move up so high in these in these AP polls. I'm really interested to see where they are if Man. they continue to win in, in that college football playoff selection committee. This, yep. is, this is a year that's tailor-made for an 18 playoff. There are six to nine teams that could that could really have a chance at winning it because of vulnerabilities at the top and uh, we won't see it obviously but it'll be it'll be fun to see who's left out well i uh i went from talking to you once a week and we decided to quit cold turkey and uh i i don't like cold turkey you know what i, I need a shikatine patch not a nicotine <laughs> i need a shikatine patch to, to to wean myself off the shik and in some ways matt i don't even want it man i want to continue to talk to you every week Right. Let's do it. I mean, we'll let's figure, figure out a way. way. We'll figure out in this technology crazed day to yeah. figure out if there's a chance to be able to do that sometime down the lo- road or load. And if there's any interest from anyone <laughs> who would ever want to hear such a stupid so thing. Let us know. That we tried to do for a few years. Let, so let we'll us know. See. Okay, so you you went to the gym. You probably need to go get a protein shake or something, man. You can't. Those guns look like they're they need some, some protein, man. Yeah, they do. I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't do any of those like post workout drinks. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm not seeing, you know, uh, I kind of have got some pistols here. I feel like I should have some Uzis by this point. <laughs> and it's uh, it's disappointing. You yeah, know, I, I feel yeah. like there's some progress being made, but um, right, right. it could be more. Well, could you, be you more. need to run. You need to go get, uh, you need to turn your pistols into Uzis and get a protein shake. And then uh, Obi, your dog is probably pooped somewhere. So you probably need to get back to, to the dog as well. Shick. Love you. Appreciate you. Uh, we will talk soon, my man, okay? Love you, buddy. Great job in the pod. Always appreciate being on, and I will come on anytime yes. you want, even for free. I'll for, do it for free. Me. Yes, that's the best. Thank you, Shaq. <laughs> See you, buddy. A Parkville Media Production.